Welcome to episode number 28 of the Rockies Now podcast. You can follow us at Rockies Now on all of your favorite social media platforms. I'm your host, Stephen, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Tom. Tom, how is your week going? And uh, Angel Hernandez is not looking too good out there for the Rockies in the Blue Jays game. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's excited for the long weekend. It is Labor Day weekend. Uh, but yes, uh, we can uh, maybe have a segment in the future and ask fans' opinions of Angel Hernandez, the worst umpire in the history of baseball, in my opinion. But uh, other than that, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Looking, Like I said, looking forward to the long weekend and hoping for a Rockies victory and a White Sox victory tonight. But we'll wait. I'm not holding my breath. We'll wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, right now, uh, really exciting plans for me this upcoming weekend. Uh, family's coming over. We're going to be uh, having a, a barbecue, so that should be fun. Hopefully, uh, watching some Rockies baseball at the same time there. Um, yeah, the Rockies, uh, they haven't been doing so uh, hot over the last couple of weeks, um, and it's, it's to be expected. And I think we mentioned this last week, but uh, yeah, it, it hasn't been pretty. But you know what? I, I think as we get closer to the offseason, there's going to be a lot of exciting things to talk about. Um, you know, for the Rockies in terms of, you know, free agency um, acquisitions or just uh, in general, just seeing what the young kids will do next year, going into next year. And I think we're already seeing that um, play out here in September. Um, and of course, we'll be talking about um, the two call-ups the Rockies made today um, uh, for the uh, September 1st call-up um, from the roster expansion from 26 to 28. Um, and again, we'll get to that in a second. So uh, to all of our listeners, uh, we want to thank you, all of you guys for listening to, for, uh, to today's podcast. Um, we hope you guys have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Um, starting off with our recent series segment, we're going to discuss the Orioles and Braves series quickly. Um, Tom, the Rockies, uh, they were able to get a win in Baltimore. We knew that was going to be a tough series. Uh, the Rockies were able to win one out of three. Um, and you know, the, those first two games, the Rockies could have won those games. The Rockies, I believe, had the lead in both those games uh, going into the eighth inning. And, uh, you know, we and we saw last week it was uh, a reoccurring um, occurrence in, in the Rockies bullpen uh, where they were giving up um, the lead late. And thankfully that didn't happen in game three. We were able to see Hunter Goodman make his debut, which was very exciting to see. He got, it, uh, I believe, two hits in his first game and his first RBI as well. So congratulations to him. I'm really excited about talking about him in the future and a part of this Rockies team. Um, so, yes, the Rockies were able to get a win there. And then, uh, of course, heading home to play the best team in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. And, you know, you and me were t- you know texting back and forth uh, this past week. We were just talking about how, man, this, this Braves team is probably one of the te- best teams we've ever seen in a long time. I mean, this is – just incredible. Acuna's, you know, very well could win the MVP. Of course, he's in a race with uh, Mookie Betts. Um, I was watching a little bit of the game last night against the Dodgers. Um, man, you know, you're looking at two of the best teams in baseball right there. So uh, that should be fun. But, yeah, the Rockies, they were unable to uh, to get a win in that Brave series. They were swept. But there was, you know, the last two games were a little bit more competitive to where the Rockies, their pitching was uh, much better, much better than the first game. Um, and even the first game, you know, Austin Gomber, you know, when he was on the mound in the first few innings, he was keeping, you know, Atlanta at bay until uh, the bullpen had to come in early. So, um, 
my initial thoughts on both those series, I, I, I think it's it's not it, – there wasn't really a game that's where, like, oh, man, this is just terrible. Um, it was very much like, um, you know, a, a team that's scuffling, you know, as we know. But also there's there's growth there, and I think we see that um, with, within the Rockies, um, especially with some of the younger players. Um, and uh, I think right now we're just seeing the bullpen, especially getting – you know, they, they've gotten a ton of work this year. Um, I believe they're in the top five for most used bullpens in, in baseball this year. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the, the with the pitching injuries, which is one of the reasons why the Rockies have not been uh, doing well this year. I mean, you're looking at, uh, you know, Marquez out, Sensatella and all those guys. And now Gomber is probably going to be out for at least one start, um, but he should make his next start, which is good good news if you're a Rockies fan, but uh, initial thoughts, you know, I'm not upset about it. I think, you know, and plus you're talking about two uh, really good playoff teams. You're, you know, the Orioles are the best team in the American league and the Braves are the best team in the national league. And, and right now they're playing against the the Blue Jays who are, are going for a playoff spot in, and it's, it's not going to be easy the last few weeks for the Rockies. But uh, I mean, if you're Colorado, I mean, you're kind of embracing it at this point. You're kind of like, you know what? We want to see the young kids and see how well they uh, fare against these postseason teams. Um, what do you think about uh, the last week or so for the Rockies? Well, I agree with you. It was not exactly smooth sailing, but it was to be. I think we mentioned this on our last episode in our predictions. It was to be expected. Um, I did like in the series against the Orioles, there were close games, whether it was a loss or a victory. So that's to me, that's positive and also progress um there were some good offensive performances as you mentioned you know hunter goodness debut with two hits scoring a run driving in a run that's definitely an enjoyable experience for him as well for the team it's a positive thing considering he's known for power and not making solid contact getting two hits out of on four at bats is a good thing um but uh yeah bullpen struggles in that series were I don't want to say, I guess you could say understandable at this point, given how both the veterans and young pitchers in the bullpen have struggled. It's experience, it's learning, it's both going through experiences for the young guys and evaluation of the veterans for the front office to see who um, is part of next year and maybe the next two years in terms of veterans uh, on both the offense and uh, position players and the pitchers. So all in all, I think it was a good experience for them. Uh, because, but not to mention pitching was all bad together. I mean, Flexen was very good in game two, and we got a quality start from Freeland in game one. Um, so, oh, actually, I'm sorry. Also, a great start from Block in game three. So, mm-hmm. starting pitching was very good. But um, all in together, it is having a close series in all three games is good. And then, as you point out, I mean, there's not much you can say about the Braves except that. In, to, in my per, in my personal opinion, they're my favorites to win the National League pennant this year. They're just so good. I think this team may actually be even better than the 2021 World Series team, in my opinion, because everybody remembers they didn't have Acuna that year, or actually almost yeah. all of almost all of that year he was out with an ACL tear. Um, and people say, well, you don't have Freddie Freeman. Well, Matt Olson is a formidable uh, replacement for him, um, and I definitely is having a good year, a replacement of Swanson at shortstop. So yeah, I think the it's the series sweep is never something you want to see, but it's understandable when you have one of the worst teams in baseball going against arguably the best team in baseball. So 
Uh, you know, again, it's, you know, Acuna is amazing. That game one performance was incredible. He just, and you know, he was, he got his 60th steal in game one of the series. It just shows you the guy is just one of the most exciting players to watch. I put him in top five for sure. Maybe even I have to look at the, uh, do my rankings again. I'd say he's even would be top three in the game. So, um, but yeah, it's all together. It was understandable series, understandable series sweep. You know, again, going through experiences and evaluations for everybody. And it's going to be a tough series against the Blue Jays and even the Diamondbacks when we go on the road after this weekend. So, but, you know, there's still positive things to look forward to, as you mentioned. Yeah, when, of course, we'll talk about what happened on Monday. Uh, I believe it was Monday night uh, with the Cunha. But, yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy that you definitely take. If you were doing a fantasy draft or MLB The Show rebuild, Acuna would be your first guy to take. I mean, he would be mine for sure. I mean, uh, you know, again, I mean, he, he's in many ways otherworldly. That's 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 the way I can put him uh, right there. You know, he's – it feels like he's from another planet. That's how good he is. And uh, and not to mention his brother is, I believe, in a Mets organization which came in the trade, uh, the trade deadline. I mean, who knows? He could be even better from what I've heard. But, yeah, I mean, Acuna, man, I mean, he's so incredible. And I think he definitely – you know, I think in, in many eyes, I think he deserves to win the MVP. Again, it's uh, kind of controversial right now because a lot of people are, you know, saying Betts. And Betts has had a great season, too. Um, but when, when you have a guy like Acuna that does this consistently when he's healthy, uh, you know, you it's hard to pick against him. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. One of the best uh, and most exciting players to watch, uh, for sure. Um, okay, now heading into uh, our, you know, our positives and negatives. Um I, I think the positives is, uh, you know, it's not really players or anything. It's more of, um, I think, of how the players are taking it, um, if that's the way I'm going to put it. Um, whenever you go through the dog days of August and now we're going to September, it's easy to feel bogged down and you feel like you just want to quit and just like, you know what, forget it. Let's just, you know, do whatever, right? And it's easy to just, you know, sit back and just like, let the L's come to you basically. Right. And, and I read an article and it's, it's a great article. I, I forget his name, but he's, I think he writes for the Denver's Gazette, but he wrote an article the other day about Chris Bryant and Charlie Blackman kind of holding some uh, team meetings on the road trip. And, and recently, and he was sharing how, uh, you know, recently, you know, a lot of the veterans have been telling the players that, you know what, it, you know, these things will happen. It can happen, especially when, you know, a team like the Rockies are rebuilding and they're going through the stage right now of, uh, you know, bad baseball. And um, but, you know, it, it goes to show you that, you know, there's there's a lot of positives to look forward to in the future and, and in terms of the young players and their development. And I think um, from what I've seen from the clubhouse and even, you know, watching on TV or, or just looking at the highlights, I'm not really seeing any players that are having, you know, these mental breakdowns or these, you know, so, yeah, yeah, of course, it's a part of the game to where, you know, sometimes you'll see a player, you know, slam his bat in the dugout or, or just, you know, throw a fit, right? We haven't really seen that for the Rockies, which is kind of surprising. But at the same time, though, it's understandable if that does happen, especially with how the Rockies have really have gotten hit hard this year in, in, in injuries and, and losses in total. But, you know, I just like the composure and the positivity around the clubhouse right now. There's a lot of great guys um, and, you know, of course, uh, I guess we'll mention this now, but, uh, one of the guys that was great for the clubhouse this, this year was Jerkson Profar, who was 
uh, I believe yesterday or the day before he was um, cut from the, the Rockies cut him. And so, um, and now I believe he got uh, signed by the Padres to a Marley deal. So very happy for Jerkson um, and hopefully he can find his way back to the, to the roster there. And I know a lot of Padres fans were uh, talking to me earlier and they were really excited about that. So happy for Jerkson, but yeah, I mean, the Rockies, they have a lot of guys in their their clubhouse, veterans that are, you know, kind of like the foundation and they're kind of like pillars with this Rockies team in terms of, you know, just, you know, being there for the younger players, you know, especially Tovar the other night made a, a pretty big error that kind of cost them, you know, some runs there. But uh, Kyle Freeland reassured Tovar that everything is going to be fine. You know, you're 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 going to win a gold glove, you know, and, and I think I just like that, you know, and when you're in a, in a, a couple of weeks of, you know, negativity uh, from the Rockies, you've got to find the positives. And I think from what we've seen within the clubhouse uh, for the Rockies, I think, you know, with them having their heads high, uh, not keeping them, you know, not having these attitudes or, you know, these clubhouse issues, you know, which from what I, from what I've heard, there's been none this year, which is great um, because I think they knew heading into this year, it was probably going to be a tough year. So, I just got to tip my cap off to the Rockies for that. I think they have a great clubhouse, and I think uh, it's going to be a bit, you know, it's one of the big stepping stones to building a, a good team and, and having a good clubhouse. So that's my positive. And then, um, yeah, you know, yeah, it just, you go through these, I mean, you're going to see teams like this, you know, you look at the Astros, you know, uh, you know, several years ago when they were going through these long uh, seasons of losing, you know, they lost, I believe three years you know, of losing over a hundred games and, you know, look what happened. Uh, now they're arguably the greatest American league, American league team of the decade. So um, yeah, th- those are just my, po- I, I really have only one positive and that's, that's my positive. But uh, Tom, what about you? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to absolutely agree with you on those reasonings. Cause my negative is the fact is I'll elaborate a little bit or go- piggyback off of what you said. And, you know, when you have a young team or a team with a lot of young players that you're see, you're trying to test as part of your future and you're losing as much as this team is, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get upset. Oh, my goodness. Why am I we're losing so much? I hate losing because, you know, as a competitive professional athlete, you don't want to lose really at all. You always want to win. And especially in the dog days of August and September, when you're losing as when you've already lost as much as this Rocky team has, it can get frustrating, even more frustrating and just upsetting. As like you said, guys can, whether they're going through a slump or they're in a hot streak, you know, they can, you know, they can really get tired of it. You know, they feel like you're doing your job, but you're still losing. And, you know, I didn't do my job today and we lost, but that, but then to the pot, the huge positive, and this is a difference between my other team and the, the White Sox and the Rockies is, the White Sox just seem they're both teams are losing have lost a lot of games this year. The White Sox just seem like they're going through the motions. They have a apparent appear to have a bad clubhouse culture. Whereas the Rockies, they have the polar opposite. As you mentioned, you have guys like Charlie Blackman and Chris Bryant, who even though they've been injured for a good portion of the season, they're still there in the dugout, in the clubhouse, at holding team meetings, trying to keep this, you know, trying to be the glue that holds this team together. And, you know, we don't need to even really uh, pay homage to Bud Black of how great of a manager he is. He, you know, every team that he's coached or managed, his players play for him 100%. They never give up on him. He knows how to keep a team motivated. And he also, as a great manager, you also need not just great coach supporting coaching staff, but you also need those veterans in in the clubhouse to help keep everything together and keep 
everybody focused. And that's exactly what the Rockies have. That is to me, not just, not just a positive, it's a big positive. And that, you know, we can complain or fans can complain about how much money Chris Bryant's making and he's not playing much, but you know, like I said, he, like I said, I think in the previous episode, he's not just being paid for what he has in the back of the baseball car, but he's also being paid for what he does off the field uh, for this team. So that is a big positive in my eyes. And, you know, the Rockies, like I said, they're going to take their lumps. They're going to get hit. They're going to get knocked down. But it's they're just. But the critical thing is um, the ultimate measure is just getting back up and continuing to fight. So that's what I. That's a big positive. This team is not giving up in spite of the tough year that they're having. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's great to see, you know, Charlie and you know Charlie Blackman and Chris Bryant. Like I, I and I, like I mentioned him in, in, in last week last week's podcast, uh, a lot of these players could just sit out for the rest of the year, just say, you know what, I'm injured. I'll just go home. But no, these guys are sticking with the team um, and they're kind of setting an example, you know, setting the bar with this Rockies team. And, um, and that's just great to see. And I mean, Charlie Blackman is still hitting well, um, which is, you know, awesome. I mean, you know, for a guy his age and hopefully he can come back next year. And I think there's a good chance that he will. And I think we've already talked about it, but, you know, I think, you know, and like you mentioned, you know, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, Bryant and, and uh, Brent Suter and, and Blackman, uh, they're the glue of this Rockies team in, in terms of, you know, just keeping this team together instead of falling apart. Right. And I, I think that's huge. Um, and, uh, it, you know, because sometimes when you lose one of those pieces, it all falls. Right. You know, it, it's, it only takes one stumbling block or one big hit to really do damage to your clubhouse or, or, or one play even, you know, one play could really hurt, like, you know, uh, your team in, in general. And I think, you know, for a lot of these guys, it's just great. You know, and that, that really, when I read that article, it was just like, man, I, I, that's great. Because, you know, and I think they already knew that this season was going downhill pretty quickly. But it's all about learning. It's, it's more of focusing more on how can I get better instead of, you know, what's the problem, right? It's, it's how can I get better? How can I go to the ballpark every single game and try to work on, you know, this pitch or how can I, you know, stay away from that, you know, slider down or, or, or fastball up. How can I get away from that? You know, how can I improve on that? So that's just what I love to see. And I think too, is just building that camaraderie. Like I mentioned last week uh, in the clubhouse in the dugout um, on, on the field, which is uh, super important. So uh, I guess those are our positives and negatives. Um, it's just uh, at this point in the season, you're just like re- kind of reevaluating everything. But also, I think we're just kind of seeing the, the the growing pains of a, you know, of a team that's moving toward a, a good direction for the Rockies, even though uh, how bleak it may be. And even though, yes, they may lose 100 games. But in the end, I think they're heading in the right direction. Um, and speaking of a tough night uh, let's go to Monday night. The Rockies and the uh, Braves, and I know a lot of you guys have already seen it, seen it on social media. Uh, we've, uh, you know, I know Tom and me, we were discussing it the other day. Um, so I think it was in the seventh inning stretch, I believe. And so uh, anyway, so Acuna was, you know, running out to the outfield and a fan runs out uh, to Acuna and basically, he wanted to get a selfie with Acuna. Uh, and so it's just like, okay. And basically, security was 
on their way already. Well, then almost immediately another fan shows up and, he, you know, he's uh, I believe he's a larger built guy and he just comes up and hugs him. And if you look at the video, Acuna kind of welcomes it a little bit. And it's kind of like shocking because it's just like you'd expect for Acuna to, you know, kind of, you know, get away from me, kind of back out and, and, and all that. But he kind of didn't do much. He actually, uh, if you look kind of closely, he kind of puts his arm around him a little bit, um, which is kind of funny. But, uh, but at the same time, though, it's, it's, it's very, very, uh, you know, upsetting because of what these fans were, you know, doing. And you never know. I mean, you know, you never know. I mean, you know, one of these guys might try to hurt you, you know, right? I mean, it's just it's, – it's never a good thing, right? And, um, and then another fan apparently – I think he got on the field, then he, you know, ran back into the stands, and I think he was uh, arrested. But uh, the two fans were arrested that came on the field. Um, security, you know, they they got there as quick as possible, and they had to get multiple people from. Like I, I think I looked on the camera; it, it wasn't super clear, but I think I like saw about four or five security people just taking out just two guys, and um, and then. Like within, well, before we go to that, like I'm looking at the video right now, but yeah, it's just like while the two guys were like around Acuna, a lot of the Braves players were just standing there until the final second until Acuna falls over. And I know we were mentioning this like last night or the other night, but it's just like it's kind of shocking because it's like you would expect for some of his teammates, especially you know the outfielders, to kind of help him. You know, I, I you know, it's just I wonder what's going on there, but. uh all I have to say is that fans, please don't go on the field. That's, you know, if you're, if you're going to get a ticket, you know, you have a right to enjoy the game, but you do not have a right to go out on the field and, you know, do whatever you want. That's not a part of your ticket you know, you're going to, you're going to get in trouble and you're probably going to get locked up. I mean, it's, it's, it was not a great situation and I'm glad that Acuna is okay. And, and it's all right. And, you know, he even admitted that he was kind of scared, but, um, it was a messy situation. It was, it was just a bad look, uh, period. Um, I think on the Rockies security, but I, you know, there's, there's some factors to it, but again, you know, I'm glad it's over and done with. I, I feel like it could have been handled, handled a little bit better by the security, but, uh, yeah, it just, I don't know, Tom, what do you think? I thought it was just, I don't know. It, it was, it was kind of sad to see because I mean, you're talking one of the best players in baseball and, you know, we're, of course, glad that he didn't get hurt, but it was, like I said, an ugly situation. Um, I partially am really, it is a horrible thing when a fan runs onto the field, whether it's a football game, baseball game, basketball game, a tennis match, soccer game, don't matter. It is very scary because when a fan runs on the field, you don't know people, the players on the field don't know them don't what they're, know what their intentions are or don't know what they plan to do. For all we know, they could have they could have smuggled a weapon in. I mean, it's exactly. happened before. It's happened before. I mean, first of all, well, this situation in Chicago has not been resolved exactly where the sh- where whether somebody smuggled the gun into the game and the shots are fired from the bleachers. I continue to hear reports about the shots came from outside the ballpark. So I'm going to exclude that situation for just a moment here. Mm-hmm. for sake of this discussion but here's the big thing to my point look back if anyone who's listening to this can find this on youtube monica sellis in 1993 in hamburg germany during a changeover in a tennis match she got stabbed 
stabbed by a fan, by a fan. So it's very scary. I mean, looking at this video, I'm I'm not I'm trying not to raise my voice here. I'm trying to I'm not not that I'm a real overly angry or take oh, much good. issue with it. Good. But yeah. it's just, but you know, I'm not going to go on a meltdown right here. So just mm -hmm. to be aware to you and all of our listeners, this is not going to be a rant. Um, but just the thing is, when I watch this video, I understand you want to meet your favorite players. I want to meet my favorite players too, but I'm not going to run on the field and risk getting in trouble. Because first of all, let me say this, in the state of Illinois where I live, if you run onto the field of any sporting event, it's a felony. You want to spend 360, more than 365 days in jail? Be my guest. Yep. So to me, not worth it at all to spend some time in jail, spend time in jail for doing something as stupid as running on the field. If you want to get, want to meet your favorite player, there are much, there are many other means to do that. But the scary thing about Acuna here is, if I was him, I would be, very, I would be pretty scared because, like I said, I don't know what this fan's intention is. Whether he's walking toward me, jogging toward me, sprinting toward me. Like I said, he could have smuggled the weapon into the into the ballpark. So if and players are actually taught this by league officials, team executives. If you're approached by a fan on the field, you are to not engage. Your job is to back away until try and back away until security gets there. So Acuna was nonchalant and handled the situation with that first fan nice by just saying, hey, let's take the picture. Okay, that seems harmless enough. And then security gets there, and it is scary when that guy does give him a big hug and latch on him, and security has to kind of force separate them apart but the even worse part is when the second fan looks like he's making a beeline right for Acuna Acuna puts his arm out and then Acuna gets nudged over and falls over that security guard that's on the ground that's scary because what if he lands on his shoulder awkwardly that could end his season or do worse or what if he his knee bent the wrong way he's again he's already had one ACL tear repaired in his in his career so it's very dangerous for him. And last thing I gotta say is it's security. It took him a while to get there. You know, gotta be better. You need to be, you know, the security guys, you gotta be on the lookout. And I'm not saying I do a better job, but it's just, it just seemed like it took a bit for security to get there. Because again, the fan got to Acuna before security and was there for a bit before they got there. And the last gripe is the teammates, it didn't take, it. they didn't appear in view of the video until Acuna tipped over and fell. Then you see the bullpen catcher just walking up there. If my teammate falls and he's on the ground, I'm sprinting over to help him. I'm not jogging or walking. I am making a beeline right for him to A, help him, help him up, make sure he's okay, and B, try and shield him away from other fans. Because that second fan, that second fan had to be carried off the field by three security guards. So it may have seemed like his intentions were more. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what his intentions were, but he just seemed more amped up, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It just and, and the worst part is now these guys got their 15 seconds of infamy here. All for what? You know, if you're trying to get a selfie, like say, hey, I got a you post on social media, say, hey, I got on the field and took a selfie with Acuna. Well, sure, you're going to post on social media. You get some likes, some hits, some views, whatever. But you know what? That's only going to be for about 10 seconds because when we're scrolling, we're scrolling. Oh, cool. Photo, like, whatever, scroll again. So did you really think that quick few clicks and likes is really worth spending some time in jail? It's it's the whole thing is stupid. And again, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. You're you know, it, it, you're at the, you pay for the ticket. You're supposed to you follow the rules. Stay to anyone. Just stay off the field. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. you, if you want to take a selfie with your favorite player, just say, hey, can you come over? I would just say, hey, 
to like Acuna, can you come over here by the wall? We can take a selfie. And then Acuna just poses from on the field. You're in the stands. Take the selfie looking down. While he's on the field, you're up in the bleachers. To me, that's a more that's that's appropriate right there. Just take the selfie from the bleachers. If I was a player on the field, yeah, hell, I'll walk over real quick. You take the selfie here while I'm on the field. You're up you're up in the bleachers by the wall there. That's perfectly fine for me. There's a much per there's a much more perfect way to do it. Instead, you know. Yeah, just again, it's stupid. Just come on, people. Just stay off the field. I know that my words here aren't going to make any change. There, people are still going to do it till the end of, till the end of time. But yeah, it's 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 dangerous and stupid. Really, it is. Yeah, and I think uh, the White Sox and Rocky situation. I mean, it was like a day apart, right? Like, it's not the same day. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a day apart. It was a day yeah, apart. It's like people need to be better right and, and there are a lot of good people out there but again you've got to be careful because there are a lot of bad people out there too and and i think a lot of these you know these guys that uh you know a, a couple of these guys that went on the field i think they probably had a little bit too much or if not i think they had my guess maybe even like the video doesn't show really bad intentions necessarily but you don't know that i mean like you said, what if the guy has a knife or a gun, you know, and he just all of a sudden brings it out. And, you know, I'm so happy that nothing really bad happened. But, you know, it's just it's a it's just terrible. I mean, this is a bad look for baseball in general. I mean, it's not not just for the Rocky security, but for baseball. And it's just like we shouldn't be treating these the stars of baseball like this. We shouldn't be seeing Acuna falling on his legs and potentially hurting himself. We shouldn't see security you know again like i, I want to be as kind as i can to you know the employees but we can't see this right i mean we we can't we can't allow we cannot allow this we can't allow gunshots in stadiums we cannot allow none of this it, it shouldn't happen will it happen unfortunately yes like you know it'll, it happens in soccer you know basically any sport you can think of it happens but what what happened the other night was very disturbing and it's something that you know i hope people can learn from it in that there will be consequences consequences when this happens and it just yeah it just uh it's sad it's 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 just terrible but you know again happy he's okay and uh, you know he had a great series um so he was able to uh and i mean that's a great thing too is that you know he wasn't it's not like Acuna was, you know, taken out of the game the next day or he was out of the lineup. No, he, he continued playing, which is, you know, great. And and I'm happy for, you know, Braves fans and happy for Acuna because, you know, you're talking about a team that, you know, has World Series aspirations this year. And, you know, they might be even World Series favorites. And if you're talking about a, a guy that is most likely very well could win the N MVP in the National League this year, and if he's out, you're, you're talking a big – you're taking a big hit with your team. And – there's there's no nobody in baseball that's like Acuna. There's nobody. Um, I, I don't care who you are. There's nobody like Ronald Acuna. So uh, really happy he's okay. But yeah, it just it's a bad situation, and I think people need to learn their lesson. And there will be consequences when you do stuff like this and run out on the field. So um, you know, and I, I'm glad that these two idiots were able to uh, get arrested, and uh, they're going to be given justice. So. Um, you know, again, it was a messy situation, but happy that it's all over and done with. But uh, we get, we just got to be better next time. You know, if this happens again, whatever it is, just, you know, the players need to be better. And I think the fans need to be better. Everything just needs to improve. And I think, you know, hopefully they're 
hopefully some something comes out soon to where we can actually get the ball rolling on keeping the players safe and the fans safe because that's why we go to the ballpark to enjoy the game, not to make anything worse or yeah, it's yeah. But anyways, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about too, and I think I texted you uh, last night is the angels. I mean, you know, again, I'm happy that they went out for it at the trade deadline and they got Lucas Giolito and they got, you know, Cronin and Gritchick from the Rockies and they made some, uh, you know, big moves and now the Angels have, you know, for a lot of people have, you know, already written an article on them. They've waved the white flag and they made a ton of waivers um, the last couple of days. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it's sad to see because, I mean, this is a team that I thought had a shot of maybe making a, a last spot in the wild card. But it it, it looks like they're they're not going to make it this year um they have not played good baseball um yeah what are your thoughts on that well i mean they tried like i said in the previous episode they tried they gave up a bit uh, a bit to get to improve their team and it's just i mean this has not been a good season overall for them from the uh rendon incident with the fan to Trout getting hurt, to now Shohei Otani needing another Tommy John surgery. It's just another it's just another roadblock in that actually I shouldn't say roadblock. It's just another disappointing season that they're gonna have. And another once again, they this was their last chance to try and br- get the two best players in the world to the postseason, and they're gonna fail at it. Um again, give them credit for trying, but they're going to fall short and they tried, especially in a tough, one of the tougher divisions in baseball, when you're trying to pass the Astros, the Rangers, and now the red hot Mariners who have been playing phenomenal baseball as of late. So yeah, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna, uh, I just hate to say the, I just hate to say it about them because I wanted to, I wanted them to try, maybe try and succeed here, but they're going to fail. Um, it is extreme upsetting. And just for Shohei, God, Oh my goodness. It's just, Oh, I, I just feel so bad for the guy, not just in terms of he's going to free agency and now he's not going to be able to pitch for maybe another year and a half, two two years, depending on the recovery from Tommy John surgery. But, I mean, the guy is arguably considered could be, is the best player in the world right now. He could become the greatest player ever. He is a unicorn in history of in the entire history of the sport of baseball. And, you know, his future as a pitcher is very, is, you know, in flux. It's in jeopardy. We don't know what it is. We, is he going to be a starter when he comes back? Is he going to convert to a closer? I mean, he's going to be a phenomenal hitter. This is not going to affect his hit, his abilities as a position player, to, his abilities to hit, but it's just really sad. You know, the Dodgers across town, they're thriving. Um, and the angels, once again, they're, I don't want to say the laughing stock, but you know, they're gonna, I guess, be the, what is it? The uh, younger sibling, the younger brother of a two of a city with two baseball teams. Just like you know, I I understand their pain because as a White Sox fan, we're considered the little brother to the Chicago Cubs. But and they're poss- they could possibly make the playoffs, and the White Sox have had a disappointing season. But that's a different that's a different thing, scenario altogether. Uh, but for the Angels, again, I said it, Paramanesian. He's got some very difficult decisions to make. I don't think Shohei Otani is probably going to come back to the Angels. Even though there's 
through the uh, rumor mill, there was some kind of rumor going around that he made, there was a side deal cut with Artie Moreno that he would come back. I don't know what that, again, that's through the rumor mill. It's conspiracy theory kind of stuff, but um, it's, it's really, it's really unfortunate and, and sad. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah. lost season, but we'll, we'll see what they do. Yeah. I think the other interesting thing is, is that is Trout going to stay or is he going to request a trade? And I, you know, I, I was watching uh, foul territory. I love their, their videos and they do on YouTube. They're, yeah, they're, pheno- they're phenomenal. Yeah. yeah I, I just love it because, you know, they're former players, you know, they talk about the game of baseball and that's just what I, I love. I love it. And it's, it's actually basically brand new. It's just over the past couple of months, they've kind of been uh, coming out with uh, great videos. Basically they, they live stream, they come out with several videos a day. Great stuff. Go check them out on YouTube if you haven't already. But uh, I think they, the other day, Eric Kratz and, and A.J. Pierzynski, former White Sox catcher, uh, they were talking about, you know, should Trout consider requesting a trade? And I think for Trout's sake, I, I you know, I think there's a world where, you know, he should do that. Um, but if you're an Angels fan, I mean, you want both Otani to, and, and Trout to stay. But, I mean... You know, I, I feel bad. For, I mean, there's so many organizations out there that have gone through a lot. White Sox, like for one, Angels, uh, the Royals, they've gone through a lot, even though, you know, they've been to the World Series in the last you know decade. And um, you feel bad for the certain organizations and, of course, the athletics. But the Angels, it's on another level because you're talking about Mike Trout, who, you know, for a long time, and I think in some ways still is, is the face of baseball. And. You know, when you think of baseball, who do you think of? Now I think he's, you know, I think it's Shohei Otani. But before Otani really started making strides um, in the big leagues, it was Otani. Not Otani. It was um, it was Trout, right? I mean, you're you're talking to two the two the best players in in this current generation, and you have only one playoff appearance to show for it. And you don't. I don't think they even won a playoff game. Uh, you know, back in 2014, I believe when they were playing the Royals in the uh, ALDS. So, tough situation there in L.A., in Anaheim. Um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he does request a trade. But, again, it's a big contract. Uh, I think he signed there through at least sometime late in the 20, uh, like 2027 or 2028. I forget what it is. But he signed through. He, real quick, he's, he's actually signed through 2030. Okay. Oh, 2030. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so – that contract, I mean, the Angels, they would be, I mean, they're going to, if they traded him, they would have to take a lot of cash. They would have to basically pay a lot of money just to get him off their, their books. But, I mean, you know, yeah, Trout could stay, but, I mean, he could request a trade. I mean, it could happen. But, man, I mean, you know, with Otani most likely leaving in the offseason, they're, they're not going to get anything in return for him. He's going to be gone, and they won't get anybody for him. And that's that's going to be the most – Frustrating thing, but you know, and, and I know a lot of people say, "Well, they should have traded him at the trade deadline." Listen, I'd wa- I'd rather go for it than wave the right white flag because if you look at the trade deadline, they were, I believe, they were just like two games under five hundred, or maybe they might have been over five hundred. I forget, but they were basically right around the five hundred mark. And, and not only that, but they were within just a few games of the third wild card spot. And so you have to go for it. You kind of have to. And yes, that's a loaded division with the Mariners, but even, you know, back, you know, of course the Mariners are really, really hot right now, but you know, uh, the Rangers, they were in first place, the Astros and the Mariners, like those and the angels, they were all three close teams. And, and now it's, you know, starting to spread apart, but you know, you, the angels kind of had to, uh, you know, 
keep Otani because I mean, again, you know, he was doing really well and, and they made a lot of good. And I think they had a very good trade deadline, um, but it just hasn't performed injuries. Like you said, you know, injuries has been a big part of it. Mike Trout has been injured a little bit this year. Um, and, you know, Rendon, that contract, again, is probably one of the worst in baseball. But, you know, when you have Anthony Rendon, when he when Anthony Rendon was healthy, he was arguably one of the best third basemen in baseball up there with Arenado Machado. Uh, Chapman but it's just um, yeah I feel bad for them and but you know it's it's gonna be a dark offseason for sure and I think uh, you know when we do our podcast you know this offseason it's gonna be interesting to see what moves they make and what happens with Otani and and Trout and 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 their roster and um, and you know they made like we like I mentioned you know they made a lot of you know moves the other day in terms of waivers and most of their waivers were picked up you know Lucas Gilito uh, went to the Guardians and and and, uh, and you know I think Hunter Renfro went to the Reds and so yeah I mean they're just they're falling apart really in front of our eyes and it's sad to see because you know I was looking forward to seeing the Angels in the playoffs because it's this is a team that was they're in the drought right now for the playoffs and, and they're gonna have to wait at least for another year to to get back there and, and most likely next year, they're not going to have arguably the best player in baseball in Otani uh, next year. So I've got to feel bad for them, but um, I want to quickly talk about, you know, some, you know, two teams that I really, really like as we get ready to close out the season the next month. Uh, first off is the Chicago Cubs. I mean, Cody Bellinger, man, what a signing. Um, you know, I know, you know, the Rockies were interested in signing him last off season, um, he went to Chicago on a one-year deal. Uh, you know, the Rock, I mean, excuse me, the, the Cubs were somewhat close to trading Bellinger, but the Cubs decided to hang on to Bellinger and so far is paying off. And, uh, you know, this, you know, for the Cubs fans listening out there, you know, I'm happy for you. And, and who knows, you know, you might be able to get back into the playoffs because I know, you know, 2021 was not a great year. Of course, you had a, you know, deal Bryant, uh, Baez, Rizzo, and it's basically been a very quick rebuild there in Chicago um, at Wrigley Field. And, you know, it looks like they might have a chance if they can keep going. I mean, yeah, tonight was a rough walk-off loss to the Reds. But if, if, the, if the Cubs can hang together, and it looks like they have some very good pitchers in their rotation and their bullpen. I like, uh, uh, I believe it's Wick in their bullpen. And then they have a, a pretty interesting rotation there. Um, and, you know, Bellinger. Um, they have Alexander, Alexander Canario, who I believe they just called up. They have a bunch of young guys, Ian Happ, who is now a veteran there. Um, a lot of guys that, uh, you know, that are, are having great seasons. So happy for the Cubs there. And it will be interesting to see if they make the playoffs. Will they make the playoffs? I'm actually going to say yes. I think they will probably get the the last wild card, if not the uh, fifth. I believe it's six spots. So it's probably going to be the fifth or sixth spot. Um, Cincinnati, I think will not make it, but I think they'll be close. And I think next year will be a, a building team season for them. And then the last team I wanted to talk about, um, is the guardians. Um, I think if you're a Cleveland fan, you're going to be pushing for a playoff spot. And especially with getting Lucas Giolito and, you know, some pitching, this is basically, I mean, you know, right now the, you know, the guardians, they haven't been playing, you know, their offense needs a lot of work. Um, and you know, they could have gotten, I know some people were uh, upset that they didn't go get Randall Gritchick from the angels because Gritchick is 
Um, you know, he's he's not having the greatest, you know, season or ever since he was traded to the Angels. He hasn't been doing very well, but they could use some offense. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Guardians do. I think um, by adding some pitching, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there in Cleveland. Um, and I think with the Guardians, you know, with them claiming a bunch of these guys, you know, at the at the waiver the other day. I think the Guardians are making a statement like, hey, we're not giving up. I think we're going to, you know, go for a playoff spot. But, you know, and I mean, this is a team last year shocked a lot of people. I mean, they won that wildcard series against Tampa and then they go out and, uh, you know, they they surprised a lot of people last year in the playoffs. And I think, you know, don't cut out the Guardians. I mean, they, 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 they're a team that always, you know, they might not have the greatest season, but they just, I don't know, they just show out in the postseason and, and last year, I, they were, uh, I think they were pretty close to going to, uh, I believe, the ALCS last year. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what happens there. You know, again, last month of the season, there's going to be some teams that I think are going to be uh, fun to watch out for. So, you know, uh, I'm, in, I'm interested to see what happens there. Um, Tom, what about you? Do you have any teams that are you're like, you know, watch out for or teams that you like? Well, before we do that, just a real quick thing for the listeners, for the record out there. Trout, as I mentioned, is signed through 2030, and he's owed each of the net until from 2024 till 2030. He is evenly owed $37.1 million for the net until his contract is over. So it's a tough contract to trade, but there are 20 – well, actually, I shouldn't say 29 teams. I don't think the Royals and the – Oakland A's are going to take that contract on. But aside from that, all the other teams in baseball, I think would be interested in talking about trading for Mike Trout. So we'll see. I think he might request a trade, but we'll see. Um, in terms of the teams, you know, I'll give you two, I'll give you two in each league that I think I'm really going to watch out for. In the American League, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, as of late, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. So this off-the-field issue going on with uh, Wander Franco is not impacting their – the teams play on the field, and I guess in the clubhouse they're sticking together through the through the incident, through the incident, and they're continuing to play better baseball. I think that I think Baltimore is going to win the American League East. I'm going to make that bold prediction now, and I think Tampa Bay is going to get um, one of the wild card spots for sure. I definitely think those two teams are going to make the playoffs. But a uh, team that I think is they're really sliding right now is the Texas Rangers. They're three and seven in the last ten games. They are on quite a skid. Um, so they're another team to keep an eye. My bold prediction is I don't think currently they hold that third wild card spot in the American League. I I'm going to say it now. I don't think they're going to get that wild card spot. I don't think they're going to win okay. the division. I think Seattle's going to hold on to that division lead because they currently lead it right now. I think they're going to hold on. I think you know the Mariners had such a rough first half in some in some aspects, but they're really coming on strong. Julio Rodriguez, you know, he is just playing like the superstar that he is. Um, and they're definitely fo- and they're following his lead. So I think that Seattle is going to make the playoffs. I don't think the Rangers will. Um, that's, again, bold prediction there. So those are teams I would keep – those are teams that – the two teams, the Rays and the Rangers and the American League to keep an eye on. When I go over to the National League, I'm going to agree with you. You know, let me just for the record explain to our listeners, of course, as everyone knows, I am a White Sox fan being from Chicago – I do believe there is a thin line between the North and South side fans. I am firmly planted on the side of the line with, as a South sider. And I'm not, when the Sox are having a bad season, the Cubs are having a good season. I'm not going to jump over the line and say, Oh, go Cubs. But from a, from my, but from this side of the line, I've told this to one of my best friends who is a diehard Cub fan. I told him this in 2016. And I'll tell him I'm going to stay on the South side side of the line and I will never, 
I'm not going to jump over to the other side and root for the Cubs, but I will say from afar, good luck. So <laughs> as I, so as I told him on Wednesday, as I told him on Wednesday, I've been impressed with um, I've been impressed with them. They have definitely ex- well, I would say so far they're exceeding the, probably their projections that everyone had for them this year. So again, to all Cub fans listening to this, good luck. I hope from a White Sox, from a diehard White Sox fan, good luck. And I hope you guys do well. I think they'll they'll hold on to one of those pl- those wild card spots. I do think the Brewers are going to win that division, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but the one thing the Cubs have in their favor, it, or actually both teams have in their favor, is they play the last series of the season against each other. So that's something to keep an eye on, especially if they're separated by less than three games in the for the division for the division crown. Uh, but I think the Brewers are going to win that division. The Cubs will get a lot, one of the wild card spots. And another team, I'm going to make a bold because right now you got Philadelphia, the Phillies, the Cubs, and the Giants as the three wild card teams. And you got, I would say, three teams that are that are very close. You got the card, the sorry, the Diamondbacks, the Reds, the Marlins. I'm going to be bold here. I say the Miami Marlins are going to sneak in and get that final wild card spot. They're only two and a half games out. I think they're going to sneak in. That's one of my bold predictions. So a team, because ever since the White Sox traded Jake Berger to the to the Marlins, he is he has been hitting the ball very well. So that's one. And Josh, uh, wait, yeah, Josh Bell, since he's gone over to the Marlins, he's also hitting pretty well. So again, they, you know, Alcantara had a rough, tough, rough first part, half of the season. But the Marlins, they their pitching staff has been doing pretty good as of late. So again, I, that's a bull prediction for me. A team to keep an eye on, I would say, is the Marlins uh, for the rest of, for this last month of the season in the National League. Yeah, when when you're talking about the Cubs, I mean, this is a team that just like came out of nowhere, and they're just like really, really good. I mean, looking at the record, like they're 72 and 63. Of course, they lost tonight, but I mean, before the loss, they were 72. And, I mean, this is a team that. I don't. I don't think I even had them in the playoffs. I think I had them like in third or fourth place this year, and they've just come out of nowhere. And you know, I could have mentioned too. You know, Arizona. I mean, I feel like Arizona can you know deserve some love, and of course they were in that bad stretch. But Arizona. I mean, you know, they have a such you know so many good young players. Corbin Carroll mm-hmm. is you know for instance you know he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year, and he you know at, at one point in the season he was in the uh, MVP conversation and. I saw a stat the other day. I forget what it was, but basically it was him and Trout. Uh, I forget what stat it was, but um, I mean, you're talking a special player uh, in Corbin Carroll and in Arizona. I think the D-backs are going to be a very good team um, moving forward as long as they keep those players together. Uh, I am a little bit concerned on some of their other players, like, you know, some of their depth and, and their bench players. But I think you, you know, if the D-backs happen to, I don't know, I, again, you know, as a Rockies fan, I really don't have any hard feelings toward the D-backs because we were not really rivals with them. But should the D-backs ever hit a rut in the next, you know, year or two to where they just, like, not – they don't play very well, I think the answer is to build around Corbin Carroll for sure and, and some of the pitching staff. And, and I think, you know, that's the question too. Is You know, is Zach Gallen going to, you know, bounce back next year? Is he going to – you know, and – well, not really bounce back. What I mean is, you know, is he going to have another good solid year? Because, I mean, the, the, the pitching staff is doing pretty pretty well this year. And I think, you know, if they get into the playoffs, I think that will be interesting to see because, you know, uh, pitching is huge for them because I think, you know, they made several trades over the last few years to get, you know, Gallon, you know, who came from, I believe, the uh, Cardinals or the – I think it was the Marlins, I believe. 
Um, and then they got, uh, you know, Luke Weaver from St. Louis. So, you know, things have to work for Arizona. I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch right now. They're, they're up over Baltimore four to one. Um, and, uh, by the way, you know, I'm just looking at the Rockies game right now, uh, for those who are listening, um, Nolan Jones, I believe he is a double away from the cycle. He, it probably won't happen, but the Rockies are, uh, in the bottom of the ninth, they're making a little rally. So that's great to see. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like we could talk about the Padres, uh, you know, about their season, but you know, due to time, we're not going to do that. But yeah, I, I, I'm. I think this postseason is going to be pretty exciting. I was excited last year, and you know, I, I think once we get to the postseason, I think we're going to talk about this. But you know, I, I'm really happy that they have the uh, expanded pl- playoffs. I really do because, you know, I, I feel like five is just a little bit too small of a sample, like in uh, for teams, because I feel like. You know, six is perfect. I think six is perfect because when it was when it used to be five, it, it just like there would be teams like, for instance, you know, I think it was a 2021 when the Mariners just barely m- missed the playoffs. A lot of people were like, you know what? You know, that was a playoff team. I mean, I, I believe they won over 90 games in 2021. I mean, it's just they were a playoff team and yet they didn't make it. And so, again, you know, this is a conversation for a, a podcast soon. But, you know, I'm really happy that they've expanded the playoffs and I'm generally, you know, pretty pumped about seeing some of these younger teams, you know, getting in the playoffs like Miami potentially. And they won tonight in, in extra innings against the nationals. So, um, and the nationals, I know we talked about them, I believe a week or two ago, um, how, you know, they've actually kind of, you know, turned some eyes recently, especially here in the second half, but, uh, a lot of, a lot of good teams to watch out for. So, um, yeah, definitely something to look out there for sure. Um, and then finally, uh, let's get into our last segment of the night. And let's talk about the current series against the Blue Jays. The Rockies are right now down 13-7 to to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, again, they're, they're pushing for a playoff spot. I think they have a good team. I think they have a postseason team. And they were in the postseason last year, very good season. But, you know, they came short against the Mariners. Um, I, I, I really do I, – I could see the Rockies getting a win here. I think, you know – when you're playing against one of the best teams in baseball and the Braves, it's hard to win period. You know, the Braves, not to mention they won last night and they're winning right now against the Dodgers. Uh, it's hard to do that. I think with the, with the blue Jays, they have a little bit of a, a, a weaker roster than the Braves for sure. But again, they have a lot of, you know, good young players, Snyder, who has, you know, come up for the blue Jays. He's been very, very good. Um, you know, they got Alexander Kirk uh, or Alejandro Kirk, excuse me. Um, their catcher, he, he's looked great. Um, you know, and so, and, and you know, unfortunately, Bo Bichette, uh, is injured for them right now, but, uh, this is going to be a tough series. And honestly, I think the rest of the, 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 the month for the Rockies will be tough, except maybe the Padres series, because that's really the only team that's under 500. That's, uh, that the Rockies will be playing. But, um, you know, I, I think for me, per, like, It'll be disappointing for the, you know, of course, right now the Rockies are probably going to lose tonight, which is frustrating. About the same time, though, I, you know, you're looking at Nolan Jones. I mean, the Rockies, they scored eight runs against a, a good pitching staff in Toronto. I mean, they got Luis, uh, you know, I forget his name, but um, and then they got Hunjin Ryu and then they got uh, Kevin Gosman. They have a bunch of guys. And so um, they scored eight runs tonight, at least that. So I'm happy. Nolan Jones, man. I mean, this is again, we're going to have to do a podcast about him. And I think we're going to do that, do that in the offseason. But there's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about for the Rockies uh, moving forward. Um, so, 
if you're a Rockies fan listening to this, most likely this this Blue Jays series is is not going to be pretty. Uh, I, I think it's going to be high scoring, but you know I could see the Rockies for sure maybe getting a win here. But uh, you know I can't really promise that again because you know this Rockies team it's 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 younger for sure. I mean I mentioned this last week. I mean the Rockies you know before the uh, trade deadline they were one of the oldest teams in baseball. Now they're one of the youngest I believe in in, in the entire sport. So. Um, you know, it's going to it's going to be a, a rough final month for the season for the Rockies. But I think, you know, at least for me, I'm just trying to focus on, you know, the positives and looking at uh, how are the young, you know, and, and sometimes you like to look at the score. Right. And, and you like to say, oh, well, they lost by this much. OK, you know, all right. But look at the player stats, look, especially, you know, and I know the pitching is, you know, suffering. And I think, again, it, it happens, you know, dog days of August and going to September, you're arms really tired you're ready for the offseason um you're just worn out but you know offense i think the rockies offense has done a pretty good job over the last several weeks i think you know like i mentioned you know a, a few weeks ago when the rockies were in milwaukee and in st louis and la I, I could tell that the offense improved so um i think you know by them scoring you know eight or so runs tonight i think that's uh, you know especially at home you, you gotta you gotta capitalize at home right and so um great to see that um so yeah, interesting series with the with the Blue Jays. Uh, it ends on Sunday, and then the Rockies will head to Arizona for the last time this year. The Rockies have not played in Arizona uh, since early in the season, and they have not played very well in Arizona for the last few years. Ever since uh, the the postseason teams, the Rockies, they've uh, had a poor record in Arizona, and uh, Arizona they are starting to play a little bit better. And of course, they're going to be pushing for that wild card spot. So. Yeah, uh, Tom, it looks like it's going to be a, uh, I won't say bloodbath, but I, I think it's going to be a pretty rough uh, last three or four weeks for the Rockies here. It is not going to be smooth sailing, I'll just say that. Um, but real quick about Zach Gallon, he started in the Cardinals organization, and he was actually traded with part of the trade with Sandy Alcantara that went to the Marlins for, oh, Marcelo, yeah. for Marcelo Zuna. And then how he came to the Diamondbacks was – uh, 2019, he was traded straight up to the Diamondbacks from the Marlins for Jazz Chisholm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, a <laughs> little, little bit of trace issue, but yeah, uh, just a little fun fact for the uh, listen for our listeners. Um, but yeah, it's it's these next two series are not going to be tough. But however, the way I look at the Blue Jays and the way I look at the Diamondbacks is they are what their young core is what the Rockies could become. When I look at the Rockies core of, let's say, Tovar, Jones, Doyle, McMahon, uh, possibly Togley you could throw in there. And, you know, I could add other pitchers like Freeland and possibly Gomber, um, depending on what your definition of the core is or, or how you put together the Rockies core. I think they could uh, become, potentially become what the core of the Diamondbacks and the Blue Jays are. Very talented and and exciting to watch and now obviously some people would maybe some people would disagree with me on that but that's what i think they can become so and as you pointed out you want to win you don't want to lose a lot but with a rebuilding team it's not you don't want to pay too much to the wins and losses you want to pay more attention to development and evaluations you know how are the young players performing how are they progressing are they how do they re recover from a bad stretch and for the veterans, are they not only setting the example on the field, 
but setting the example off the field are they keeping the clubhouse together we already talked about Bryant and Blackman doing the, doing just that so that's what we want to see out of this team again we don't hope well let's not let's not count let's not uh hold our breath here that they may lose had the first 100 loss season in franchise history but um if where they where they do or don't the way i look at it is i still see plenty of positives a lot of negatives obviously because it's been a tough year for, but i do still see lots of positives that we can be excited about so again just sit back and relax and hopefully all of the all of rockies fans and all of our listeners can try to enjoy the the rest of the season and I know Bill Schmidt has a plan. There are some attractive free agents out there for them to acquire. Who knows? Maybe some of the GMs around baseball will call Bill Schmidt about some trades and maybe try and pick one or two prospects from our system. And we could maybe acquire some productive, productive players that can, that could make our roster more formidable and better. So yeah, I still, you know, I'm still excited. I'm still excited for the future. And for those of you going to tomorrow's game, it's Charlie Blackman City Connect bobblehead night. So uh, for those who go, enjoy that. Yeah, it would be fun to go tomorrow. But uh, I think, you know, and I think I shared with you uh, last week. But, you know, I, for those that are listening, I went to uh, the White Sox and Rockies game, um, uh, I believe the Saturday before that. Um, and uh, that night was supposed to be uh, dr- the drone show. And so we went to that and – that game was a very rainy game. However, we stayed there. And uh, unfortunately, I think it was like the eighth or ninth inning. And the announcer came over the intercom and said that, you know, the show was going to be canceled and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the, the entire stadium, like, just booed. It was just great. But uh, I get an email a few days later saying that, you know, I, like, I got, I've gotten, like, complimentary, complimentary uh, tickets, you know, for, for any Rockies game for the rest of the year. Um, home games, that is. And. So basically right now I, I could go to a Rockies game. However, it would only work once. Like I can't go to multiple. I can only go to one game. So, you know, it'd be fun. It'd be nice to go tomorrow, but I think most likely uh, me and my family, we're going to probably go. Uh, pro- I, I think we're going to look at the twin series. I think that would be interesting. I, I'd like to, you know, because we've done that before. Uh, you know, we did it back in 2019, I believe we, we went to the last uh, game of the season. So that's what we might do for a uh, fan appreciation day. So that'd be pretty fun uh might be able to meet some players there because i know sometimes uh especially in the last series of the season uh the rockies will usually do something special and having the players go out to the gates and meet the fans as they walk in so that would be pretty cool um yeah i just yeah, realized I mean, that i just, I just oh sorry but just oh, yeah. yeah i also I look at the schedule uh what we're talking about there real quick i just realized the cubs are gonna come i'm sorry the rockies are gonna come to wrigley on this, but just before that last weekend series against the Twins at home, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'll check ticket prices. Maybe I'll go to one of those games, support the Rockies, and uh, yeah. on the other yeah. on the northern side of town. Yeah, the Rockies they haven't played the Cubs yet, so it's going to be you know back to back weeks, I believe, you know, for them to play against the Cubs. And I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I whenever the Rockies play in Wrigley Field, it's so fun. I, I generally I just love that ballpark. You know, I of course I've never been to you know uh, Wrigley Field before, and you know I have so many stadiums I would love to go to and travel. Of course, I've only been to Coors Field, but uh, Wrigley, man, it's just a beautiful ballpark. It's just the history, the, you know, the the cut. I mean, it's just whenever you go to Wrigley, it just you feel the history there. So it, it would be just awesome to go there. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, just looking at the Rocky season as, as we, you know, get ready to close this podcast out, you know, it, you know, like we mentioned, it's, it's not going to be easy. And I think there's, a you know, a lot to look forward to in the off season. Um, I think, you know, I think you're right. And, and one of the, th- when you mentioned about, you know, Bill Schmidt, you know, potentially making some moves. So the Rockies, 
that's what the D-backs did. If you, you know, this offseason, you know, they traded away Dalton Varsho to the Blue Jays, who the Rockies played tonight. Um, they traded away some guys that were like, okay, you know, that's kind of interesting. And some D-backs fans didn't like the trade, you know, a bar show. And yet they got a really good player in Gurriel, right? I mean, he's having, he was an all-star this year. Um, and they got uh, Gabriel Moreno, you know, uh, a very good catcher. And he's probably going to be their franchise caster, catcher for a while. And they got rid of Carson Kelly, who's now with Detroit. So, you know, that could happen. I mean, the D-backs, I, I feel like if they didn't make those trades in the offseason, I think they would have had a, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, we really don't know. But, you know, I think, you know, uh, the D-backs kind of knew what they were doing. They had a plan. They were like, you know what? To, you know, because if you look at the roster, they really didn't have a whole lot of, you know, huge impact players. I mean, Dalton Varsho had a decent season last year, but he wasn't putting up the numbers that they wanted him to put up. Like, and I think they were looking at the Blue Jays and the Blue Jays, they really liked Varsho and the Blue Jays needed outfield help. They needed a left field bat. And, you know, the, the D-backs made that trade. And, you know, who knows, maybe the Rockies are going to listen on, you know, maybe some of the prospects uh, for a team that's looking to uh, help their farm system and maybe trade, you know, some pieces to Colorado to help, you know, that young core. And I think, you know, again, you're looking at, you know, Gurriel, who is, you know, still pretty young and, you know, he's, he's probably going to stay in Arizona for a while. I mean, it's, you know, it's sometimes that happens. And sometimes you think, oh, it might take us, you know, a few more years to, kind of get into the, the 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 role of things of getting back into playoff contention. But now Arizona, I mean, last year, Arizona, you know, uh, they didn't have a great season, you know, and, and, you know, looking at their numbers and their standings, they didn't have a great year. And yet a year later, you're, you're talking about playoffs. And so, who knows? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, the Rockies, again, where they are at right now, it's going to be very hard to do that next year. I, you know, I know we talked about it last, last week. But, you know, 2024, it might not be out of the realm of possibility, but I think, you know, and I know you, you know, you know, I know a lot of people, including you and, you know, on the, on the uh, poll I did on the, on the page, you know, they, they, they said 2025 or 2026 and I'll go with that, but, you know, don't count out 2024. I mean, maybe the Rockies have something cooking um, in the off season. And I think, you know, who knows, maybe the Rockies could kind of follow that blueprint of what the D-backs did and, and, you know, making some trades and, um, and, and I know some people have talked about make sure the Rockies consider trading Ryan McMahon. Could that be a possibility? And, and that could, but I think with that defensive glove, and by the way, Ryan McMahon, I don't see why not. He, he shouldn't win the gold glove. He should. He made an unbelievable play the other day. Uh, it looked very much like, you know, the guy that used to play at third base for the Rockies uh, before him. And yeah, Ryan McMahon looks great, but if I'm the Rockies, I'm keeping Ryan McMahon. I know there's some issues there with his swing and strikeout numbers uh, that needs to come down. But really there, I, I think if you're looking at his defense, it's really paying a lot for that contract. It's really helping that contract out quite a bit. And really, in some ways, that's why the Rockies signed him to that you know, ex- extension uh, defensively because arguably he should have won the uh, – if you look at it, you know, his DRS numbers in 2021, he should have won the gold glove that year. And of course, last year, you know, uh, he had a little bit of a down year defensively. Um, and then this year, I think like I was looking at the stats just last night and it's just incredible how far ahead he is in terms of defensive ratings and numbers, you know, key Brian Hayes for Pittsburgh is having another great year, but really Ryan McMahon deserves to be that gold glove guy. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're the Rockies, I mean, I mean, 
maybe they make some trades here. I, I mean, Tom, like, what are your thoughts on that as uh, as we wrap things up? No, yeah, I think Ryan McMahon is the one who's earned the win this year. This, you know, I said it before. I think this is the year that we find that Nolan Arenado's streak ends. Uh, one of the, I would say, arguably, if not one of, if not the best great defensive player at third all time in the history of baseball. Um, but yeah, Ryan Mack has been phenomenal. It was, he had, he, he's made so many great plays, including the other night. So, and like I've said before, I think, I believe I've commented on the podcast. Um, people, I think people have complained about him batting third. Well, on this team, he is, he's earned that spot. But in a Rockies contending team, he's not going to be batting third. He ideally would probably, if you put together a solid heart of the order and front of the lineup, he's probably batting fifth, maybe sixth in the lineup on a contending Rockies team. So he is for, he is a very productive hitter. Uh, I've last I checked, he does lead. I think he does lead the team in RBIs right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like I said, he has put up consistent production in terms of where his slash line, the home runs he hits, the RBIs that he drives in. So he is a he is a very productive player offensively. And hey, he so far this season three and a half WAR. That's pretty good for a guy who's stayed healthy all season. He's played 129 games now. So. You know, he is durable. I do believe he'll win the Gold Glove for sure this year. There's no question in my mind. If he doesn't, then it's then clearly there was some kind of political jargon that happened or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you're looking at potentially, you know, who knows? I mean, if, if the season was a little bit longer, you might even be talking about, you know, uh, a 30 home run season. But I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to happen. But I think he might be able to reach his career high, which I believe his career high is 24 home runs. Yeah, 20, um, 24 in 2019. Yep. Yeah, and so I, I think that's definitely possible. He's already got you know twenty two, I believe now. So uh, for sure, I think he's going to break that. If not, I think yeah, you know, and and you know, before we go, you know, I you know when we were watching you know uh, Monday night's game, you know, he hit one now. It's four hundred seventy three feet that hit the second deck. It's just his power is incredible. Defense is amazing. I mean, when this guy's on, and yeah, it gets really frustrating when he you know strikes out you know three or four times a game, and it's just. You know, and you can see that in his face. He's just like he feels defeated, but I think he he knows how good he can be. And you're talking a a guy that can be an all star. And of course, we're you know I know a lot of us are like still waiting for that breakout year where he's an all star. And I think he should have been an all star in 2021. Just looking at his numbers, I mean, he was the hottest. Other than Nolan Arenado, he was the hottest third baseman. You know, coming out of 2021. I mean, you know, I remember I'll never forget that three homer game he had against Arizona at Coors Field. That was just incredible. Um, but, yeah, I just there's a bunch of just stuff that we could talk about Ryan McMahon. I think just putting the icing on the cake is just the defense uh, that he's been able to do this year. I mean, he's done it all, really. He, he's really has been able to do so much for this Rockies team in, in terms of, you know, defensive ratings. And, and, and again, we could talk all night about the Rockies – defense and and McMahon but you know and then Nolan Jones I mean you're talking I mean it's just incredible because you know again I saw like a bunch of tweets talking about Nolan Jones is making basically Rockies history in terms of defensive runs saved and 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 Brenton Doyle doing the same I mean like they're make basically making history for the first time since like you know the Rockies used to have Brad Hopp and and Corey Sullivan and right like all these other guys that you know that played for the Rockies like over a decade ago. And so it's, 
this is arguably the best defensive team we've ever seen for the Rockies, even though, you know, they've had some games where they've kind of struggled a little bit. But in terms of, you know, talent defensively, I mean, it, it's pretty good. I, I mean, you know, I'm pretty excited, like, just like you. I'm pretty excited about what this team could be in the future, and I think they're kind of building that in the offseason. I think they're going to build off this year for sure. Um, you know, and so it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, Ryan McMahon does win that gold glove. I believe he will. And, you know, again, I agree with you. If something happens to where he doesn't win, something's wrong. They got to, they got to do something to uh, check that out because I mean, it just, you, you, you know, yeah. I mean, Nolan Arenado is, is a great third baseman. I mean, arguably one of the greatest third basemen ever, but it just, you can't allow just, you know, Ryan McMahon not to get a gold glove. I mean, it's just what he's done this year. Uh, is just pretty incredible, and I think a lot of baseball fans can agree with, and even op- opposing fans can agree with that. You know, I think, you know, with the seasons he's had, has just been, um, you, it's it's hard not to watch Ryan McMahon. Let's put it that way. And so, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, again, I, I like I said, I I really am happy that the Rockies. At first, I was kind of hesitant when it first happened, but you know, really 2021 was really the big year that, you know, Hey, Ryan McMahon can be this player. And I mean, again, Ryan McMahon has the, the talent to be an all-star. And I think we're still waiting for that, but I think even if he's not an all-star, if he can put up an average season, like he has this year, like, I think the the extension was a very good idea by Bill Schmidt, um, because I think this is a guy he drafted, um, and developed in the minor league system. And I think, uh, so far, I think it's been working out pretty well for him. No, yeah, I definitely agree. This is uh it's a he, he was drafted and developed by the Rockies, was a top prospect for a couple of years. Yeah, he is definitely, I think, met expectations so far. But when he when he's put on a contending Rockies team, you know, it the sky's the limit for him because he's gonna be surrounded by hitters that can provide some protection for him in the lineup. And mm-hmm. teams aren't gonna because as of right now, teams are he's one of the few hitters that opposing pitchers are actually game planning for. So when he's surrounded by uh, other formidable hitters for protection purposes, I think he'll produce even better than what he's doing now. So as he enters the prime of his career. Thank you everyone for listening to tonight's podcast. It was episode number 28 of the Rockies now podcast. We hope everyone has a wonderful labor day weekend. Stay safe, have fun. And that will conclude this episode of the Rockies now podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, follow and rate. And, of course, review all of our social media pages. We love hearing from all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Have a great day, everyone. And, as always, go Rockies.